the Sons and Daughters podcast. Discover and walk in the life that Jesus lives inside of you. Hosted by Andy and Tina Hayner, leaders of Full Speed Impact Ministry. Well, welcome back to the Sons and Daughters podcast. We are really excited and grateful that you would take time to join us again. Yes, we are just having so much fun with these podcasts. Uh, uh, it's great. Our heart in all this is to really help people uh, understand who they are in Christ, their identity, um, and to tap into all that God has for them and walking out in His love and His power, and uh, to really stir that up and to encourage people in that. And so um, that's just our heart in doing this. And in the process, we're encouraged and uh, just want to spread the blessing. And we've got a lot of uh, already uh, resources in video format. I've got an online training academy and things like that, also a YouTube channel. But we wanted to put this into a podcast format because a lot of times people are just going various places. It's nice to be able to have something that you can listen to when you're in your car. On the go. <laughs> when you're mowing the grass, mm-hmm. when you're doing dishes, whatever you do, when you just want to be able to listen to something. And part of what encourages and builds us up in our faith is the fellowship that we share one with another. And so we just try to take time to fellowship, to get this in a format that uh, others who might uh, just really benefit from this could. So if you're enjoying these, we encourage you to spread the word, uh, to uh, participate if you'd like on the Facebook group, uh, the Sons and Daughters Podcast Facebook group. But today's episode, we're very excited. We've got a special guest with us. Uh, some of you who are familiar with my ministry may not even recognize this guy because he's grown so big. Or it's our son, Simeon, uh, because we'd like to really focus in. We, a few weeks ago, we We've had some about fellowship about discerning the will of God. Mm-hmm. Direction. And uh, we mentioned some of the things that he was going through to process his next step. Um, and we shared a little bit of his story. Um, but today we're going to really focus in on after you believe that you've gotten direction from God, it's not always easy, is it? No, it's not. There can be some confusion. And like we talked about before, it's not always from point A to point B. Right. You know, and I think that will kind of come out, too. There's so much of it is about our relationship with God. I mean, God showed Moses that he was to be Israel's appointed deliverer, and then he stepped out made a big mistake. He was on the backside of the desert for 40 years, but then God spoke to him. Mm-hmm. And then everything was easy and quick, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> he said, no, go get my people. Not, yeah, 40 uh, years later. And I'll bring them into this land. Well, they had some lessons to right, learn. along the way. And how to walk mm-hmm. that out. Um, and Abraham, you yeah. know, God spoke to Abraham. and um, I'll make you the father of many, many nations. nations. Right. And then he gave him a barren wife. Wife. And, <laughs> and took him, you know, a couple of different places before he kind of really wound up in the place where he said, this land's going to be your land. And, and this is where, uh, generations will, uh, continue. So yeah, there's numerous examples. There, and there's lessons along the way. There was, there was, uh, fussing and fighting amongst Lot and mm-hmm. his they had servants. to divide They had up relationship ways. lessons to learn. Uh, my goodness, and then his sons, and uh, you know, they had barren wives and mm-hmm. all kinds of lessons there. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, for example, in the New Testament, he was promised by God mm-hmm. uh, in Acts chapter 23, <clears throat> verse 11. The Lord spoke to Paul when he's first taken captive and said, Don't worry, you're going to preach 
my gospel in Rome. And I'm sure Paul's thinking, great, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to go straight to Rome. No, he stayed a prisoner for years. And yeah, all these governors just dragging their feet, taking their time. But Simeon, uh, he has some really uh, unique insight. We've been having some great fellowship as a family. Mm -hmm. He's visiting us again from Georgia. Uh, He's seeking to make that his place of residence now, um, and he's getting ready to go through uh, uh, some additional training and and pursue his profession. But at heart, he remains a missionary, which Mm -hmm. is really exciting. Uh, So even though he's pursuing uh, a job where he can earn his living with his own hands, uh, a job is always a means to worshiping God and fulfilling the mission. We've had some really good fellowship with him uh, about that whole journey between hearing God and living it out. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned and to be talked about, about um, after you hear God, how do you walk out the vision that he's given you? And sometimes people get derailed because they think that it's going to be quick and easy. Well, Simeon, why don't you share a little bit of your own story? Why, Why don't you share a little bit? What did God say to you? How did he say it? And, you know, after that, you know, how long was it before it uh, it came to fulfillment? And, you know, did you ever go through some times of doubting? And how did you test to make sure you really heard? And, you know, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I'd be happy to share. Um, yeah. So um, when I was about 16 years old, um, I was uh, finishing up my sophomore year in high school. And I was asking the Lord what he uh, what he wanted me to do with my life. And I really felt like God put a missional call on my life. And uh, I heard two words that didn't make any sense to me. Bulgaria first. Didn't even know if Bulgaria was a real country. Turns out <laughs> it is. Yep. <laughs> um, did some uh, research on Google and all that. Um, and then about a month or so later, God gave me just a one little tad bit word more, um, which was I'd be working with the least of these. Mm-hmm. Um, and Google research again is very helpful. Um, <laughs> found out that the least of these over in Bulgaria are the gypsies. They mm-hmm. are a people group that is very much marginalized. Um, and so God spoke to me uh, that uh, in the summer between my uh, sophomore and junior years. And then um, it I didn't go. And then you quit high school and just went straight over, right? No, 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 (laughs) no, no. Um, I, I completed high school. Um, uh, yeah, very, just an overview version went to a couple of mission schools. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, and then after my final mission school, uh, I went to Bulgaria. So from the time I first heard the, the, the word to the time of actually arriving feet on the ground in Bulgaria, was about uh, four years, four mm-hmm. to five years. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it was a long period. Mm-hmm. And I know part of that was trying to find connections, like asking not for direction, but on where to go. But how do I get from here? Like, what's the path mm-hmm. forward? And I know some of those lessons that, uh, you know, that you came across a lot of times people get direction, they, they, they want to go on a mission trip, and they feel like God's called them to go on mission, but they let finances stop them. Mm-hmm. Did you experience any lessons along the way in terms of finances? Yeah, I did, actually. Well, why don't you share uh, maybe something something that you learned on that? Sure. Um, yeah, so um, 
yeah, I was in my senior year of high school and, you know, like every high schooler, their dream is to buy a car for themselves <laughs> and not have to be stuck with their family. And it's usually just a dream because they're usually broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'd been working and saving up, but um, yeah, it was just coming to a point where I knew I'd be um, leaving the house mm-hmm. some point soon. I didn't know exactly what, but I wanted a vehicle of my own. And so um, I spent a lot of time praying and I just in through prayer, I felt like um, God laid a specific kind of vehicle to ask for, uh, what, to look for. Which was heart. it? It was a gray Chevy Silverado. See, and, even God likes Chevys more than Ford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, go Chevy. But, uh, but yeah, so it was very specific. It was a gray Chevy Silverado truck with around 80,000 miles on it. He and even just, gave you the mileage. Yeah. The, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roughly. It was yeah. just sort of crazy. And, uh, and he added one little thing that really rocked my world. Mm-hmm. Um, God said, uh, I want to give it to you for free. I said, what? what? I've been earning this, all yeah. this money for. Yeah. Right. yeah. I've yeah. been saving up all this money. Well, you, you not only – the reason you needed the vehicle were to – to go to these mission Fishing schools, schools or that you another wanted part to of the to. country. So you needed wheels. So you need, yeah. you needed thousands of dollars for a vehicle mm-hmm. and thousands of dollars for a mission, mission school, school. Mm-hmm. and then another few thousand for another out. one. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a lot of money to be believing God for as a fresh high school graduate. Yeah. So what happened when God said, I want to give this to you? Um, I, my first reaction was like, no way, God. Like, I've been working so hard for this. <laughs> and uh, God's like, but God responded by saying, well, what if I just want to show you that I'm a good father and I know how to give good gifts to my mm, children? Yes. He and does. I was just blown away by that. And my heart was so encouraged. Yeah. And then you just said, good. knock yourself out. <laughs> well, uh, it, yeah. And so uh, over the course of, I think it was about a month, mm-hmm. um, I let y'all know that right. I was on the lookout for right. a, truck. a truck. I didn't necessarily specify what I wanted. I just said, I'm a happy truck. with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and through family connections and mm-hmm. different things, I think I have a great uncle, uh, great uncle Steve, mm-hmm. who is a car dealer. And uh, I think a couple of we- a couple of weeks later, I was mm-hmm. shooting hoops in the park, and you texted me a picture. Said, "Hey, your uncle Steve found, found a truck." Us. Yeah, and yeah. I, it was a gray Chevy Silverado. And we asked him the mileage, and, and it was eighty two thousand miles, <laughs> which was incredible because uh, to find a truck with with uh, in his price range right. with that low of mileage, that was the problem is that his price range and mileage <laughs> were not getting along <laughs> with this vision, but it right. actually, it, it worked out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was really crazy. Mm. And so, um, so, so that, how did it end up being given to you? Yeah. Well, that was the crazy part. So I was completely blown away, um, by, um, the financial just blessing and gift of um, my family, um, m- my grandparents, y'all, and some other people just really felt like Lucky. laid it on God laid it on their hearts to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but with all the gifts, I was still about twenty five hundred short, and I was like, okay, not bad. I'll just write the check myself and just pay off the remaining. But it wasn't along but what God it, said for free. For I want to give it to you for free. And yeah. so there was a so there was an interesting thing that sort of God showed me how He did give it to me for free because mm-hmm. a couple of weeks later, I was you said I was also raising money for mission schools as At well. Time, yeah. Well, my church decided to write me a twenty five hundred dollar. <laughs> check yeah. to support. So that $2,500 that went to my missions 
it was not money that I had to spend for anything else. So in a way, I consider it God giving me a free truck. He covered everything. Because he covered covered everything. Yeah. That's so amazing. Really yeah. awesome. Yeah. And you still have that truck. I still have it. Still Enjoying pretty, it. Yeah. 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 And awesome. I think along that route, it wasn't just that it was given. Um, you got that as a word, but you also followed some specific instructions in terms of uh, sowing and reaping mm-hmm. uh, financially, mm-hmm. which when it's in the context of not necessarily just seeking your own um, your own fleshly desires, uh, desires yeah. but actually recognizing God and the kingdom of God as your source of provision. There's some important lessons along that. You, can you share real, real briefly anything that you remember? Yeah, uh, specifically. Uh, yeah, our, our remember not just me, but our whole family was really going through a season of just learning about what kingdom finances were. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole laws and blessings of sow- sowing and reaping. And mm-hmm. so, um, th- around that same time, um, I, God laid it on my heart to sow $500 into what he said would be my future ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that sounds awesome. I was really excited because faith had been stirring in stirring my spirit. In you, huh? And um and and he said you'll be you'll, the opportunity will present itself within the next week. I heard that word on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So all week at youth group You're looking. Uh, on Sunday morning, I'm asking and then with dad's mm-hmm. ministry activities throughout the community, I'm just asking, is there anything I could give? And I just mm-hmm. never felt really any peace about any of the opportunities that were presented. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking for one of my, um, I'm looking online at different mission training schools and I find one and I, it looked a little interesting. So I looked, I clicked on it and immediately I, my attention was drawn to the donate tab. And God said, this is where, this is where you're sewing it. Yeah. And so I sewed it and like, uh, within that, within that week. And, um, that was just a huge blessing. Now, because of the prosperity gospel abuse and all the televangelists on tel- on TV and things like that, always asking for money, um, one of the the things that has been lost largely in the Christian community is the right place and the right context for recognizing that when you give, part of what the Word of God calls giving is that He gives bread to the eater and He gives. Uh, seed to the sower, to the sower. That's right. and that that as you sow, it's bla- broken, blessed, multiplied, and mm-hmm. it comes back to you. Which is part of every every business adventure. There's there's investing, mm-hmm. there's returns on investments, and Jesus doesn't um, discount all of that for the kingdom. He actually says that you seek first the, the kingdom, kingdom and everything mm-hmm. will be added unto you. And we're we're pretty okay in most evangelical circles for giving into the kingdom. But we need to get more comfortable with the fact that, you know, that's part of how the kingdom mm-hmm. actually brings the increase in the to the provide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It takes care of us. Very much so. Yes. And and but the funny thing is you have to release Right. See what you are believing to be multiplied. You right. have to put it into the ground. If you eat your seed, yeah, you know, no, that's going to no be good. a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's neat. Uh, you know, and I'm sure you learned different lessons. You know, there's there can be other um, type of lesson, lessons that are learned along the way. I know you uh, went through uh, mission schools, and one of them in particular, it seemed like 
there was a, some real relationship challenges, um, and that's often part of what God uses to prepare us for mm-hmm. our in character. Refine our character. Yeah. yeah. Yes, um, why definitely. Don't, why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah. My the first mission school that I went to, um, I entered into the community, and it was really my first experience, really being outside the our 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 family, family community, our community, community yeah. and mm-hmm. a group of really healthy believers so i really didn't know what unhealthy believers looked mm-hmm. like yeah i think that was really what the god was trying to expose me to right specifically within a missional context because sure. the organization i was with is a missional organization mm-hmm. and so what i the overall experience there was just um discovering that these people had really good hearts in terms of ministry and reaching out to the community sure. and a, a genuine desire to really love one another and pursue healthy community. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to um, giving one another grace and regarding one another, according to the spirit yeah. and not according to the flesh, it just, they were very immature, mm-hmm. both the leadership and the, and the, the student students. body. Mm-hmm. It was just very, uh, it was a very unhealthy place mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, believe it or not, I found that um, the toxicity of the relationships and the negative experiences that I had through that mm-hmm. school was directly tied to an understanding of identity in Christ. Right? Uh, can you explain more yeah. of that? I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I I grew up with y'all, and y'all really trained me, um, really based on two Bible verses, Galatians two twenty yeah. and Second Corinthians five twenty one, which state that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and that I'm a new creation in Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being exposed to miracles and power of God growing up was just really helped me get grounded in the reality of that, not just head knowledge. Sure. So Mm -hmm. with all of that experience and reality that I had grown up with, um, I am very confident in who I am as a person in Christ. I know who I am. I know God's purpose for me and I know what he's called me to do. Um, And so when uh, what I found in the school though, was that these people had sort of a false humility complex where Mm -hmm. if you were too sure about who you were in Christ or you were too sure about what God had called you to do, or if you were too confident about any of those things, they'd call you arrogant and not listening to the voice of God. For example, mm-hmm. they would they would really kind of major on, well, I can't do anything apart from Christ. And Simeon's answer would be, but we're not apart from him, so we can do all things, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm one with the, with the Holy Spirit, and, right? Uh, you know, um, I remember something similar, even, you know, as a bit of a preview, I'll let you continue with the mm-hmm. story, but I remember going through youth group, um, that there was a youth group you went to right. that they mm-hmm. started these breakout sessions. Mm-hmm. And one of the breakout sessions, you came to me after the youth group was like, mm-hmm. dad, I don't know if I want to go, go here back, anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and I asked why, and it turned out that they wanted to have these discussions that, and the discussion was, we we want everybody to share all the sin struggles. that you struggle with. We want our group we all to struggle, become a, struggle, struggle. And, and that mm-hmm. was kind of the theme of the message that right. everybody struggles. And Simeon basically, you know, it, when it came his turn to share, he said, "I don't struggle with sin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that I, 
don't I, sin. Don't sin. I mean, but if I sin, I confess it and and I move on. I, I'm cleansed by the blood. I, I yeah. learn. I'm learning how to walk in the Holy Spirit. So we raise Simeon to not be sin conscious, but right. to be conscious, spirit of, conscious, and spirit filled, walked yeah. in the spirit, right? Um, Which and, is the emphasis of the New Testament. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. Uh, and this guy pulled Simeon aside. It was wasn't the youth leader, but it was one of the adult leaders. Who said, "We know you're just being a hypocrite." Mm. And uh, and that was the kind of mindset that there are people who literally don't understand who they are in Christ. So when they see someone who does understand who they are in Christ, they judge them according to the flesh. And they they think, you know, they can't be all. They can't be real. Yeah. And they try to level. And what was funny is Simeon being a new person in this ministry, the ones who were in charge of accountability groups. These are young kids, college students and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So they're doing their best to try to help other people. But they started trying to level Simeon. Mm-hmm. What ha- How did you respond to the, that? My goodness. How so did you, God use that? Yeah. What, what did you do? Well, the, 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 the cool thing about it, and I'll explain it in a minute, but mm-hmm. the cool thing about it was that I got sucked into it. Sure. So I got first. sucked into the just the because when the entire community around you is doing it, right. when you're when you're the only one that's different, it's like what's wrong with me? me right? right, right. You know, when you're in that kind Why of community. Why am I such an ugly duckling yeah. instead yeah. of a beautiful swan? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and you're you're second guessing yourself and you're questioning everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And How so did you it's pull that through peer that? pressure. Yeah. Really. And so well, I, I all I have to say is through calling y'all to yeah. get to get people who would speak truth, who would speak scripture over me. Um, and, and people that know you and people that know me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, but that wasn't really the main thing. The main thing was just seeking the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that, uh, that to me, that's the, that's where I learned true humility. Mm-hmm. True sure. humility is, is one where people can accuse you and you take it to the Lord genuinely in prayer saying, you know what? I know that I'm not completely aware of myself and I'll never sure. be completely aware of myself. <laughs> so I want to bring everything before God and mm-hmm. let the Holy Spirit be the filter that I take all of it through. Um, and I can say with absolute clear, clarity of conscience, even today, that 99.99% of the time <laughs> when they, when people would say, I don't know what it is about you, but you just need it. There's just something that about you that needs to be fixed. You're just arrogant. You're just, it's not what you say. It's how you say it and things like that. And I would, uh, there are so many times I would pray and seek the Lord to the point of tears mm-hmm. and say, God, what's wrong with me? Why mm-hmm. are these people not accepting me? Mm-hmm. And the Lord's saying, don't worry. It's, it's not you. It's them. And the Lord began to give me wisdom about how to relate with people sure. um, mm-hmm. in a way that they would still for me to not violate who, who I are. Am, right. But in a way that it would make it easier for them to not judge me so right. quickly. Sure. So. Yeah, that people who are free in Christ don't need to just walk around with a chip on your shoulder no. and like deal with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they they don't need to let people pull them down to their own accusations yeah. and insecurities right. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we can give up our freedom. Paul mm-hmm. said to the Jew, "We become like right. a Jew." Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's okay to have a boundary there, right? You know, that's exactly what that is. It's like mm-hmm. I love you, and I'm going to love you, relate, and I'm going to consider, you know, uh, regard you according to Christ, not mm-hmm. the flesh. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'm, you know. But it was interesting because Simeon would call, and they, what they were accusing him of was being arrogant, which would be mm-hmm. too confident. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And, and I was like, are you being inconsiderate? And he's like, no, I'm not being inconsiderate. They just don't like my confidence. They call it arrogance. And I'm like, 
Am I? And he's saying, "Am, am I arrogant? arrogant?" I said, "Arrogant people don't ask, ask other people. They, arrogant. <laughs> they don't ask other people's opinion. They're like, I don't care. I don't you care know? what you think." So mm-hmm. you know, I, so he took the accusations and he took them to the Lord, and that's the way to process right. it. Mm-hmm. And so there's important things, you know, in learning how to relate to other people, mm-hmm. understanding some of those things that that are part of our lessons to learn, mm-hmm. and not letting other people's opinions to stop you. Sure. Um, we we don't live based on other people's mindsets about us. We need to get God's mindset about mm-hmm. us, and that's so important. And even though, you know, I'm sure you prayed quite a lot about mm-hmm. which school to go to, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't necessarily a school you were spent this, uh, to stay in, and, it, on, mm-hmm. and that, those were probably some of the most valuable lessons. There wasn't sure. a whole lot that they could teach you from a lecture mm-hmm. or a book. But God specifically allowed a situation to come about that was refining and was going to really, it's going to help you. I mean, it helped you, I think, in the immediate future too, as you went on to Bulgaria, but it'll, it'll be something that you carry lifelong. And to me, the defining moment of really getting free from all that insecurity, because like I said earlier, I was sucked into it, Mm -hmm. um, was the learning the hard lesson of not allowing um, those around you to have authority over your heart and yes. identity to speak. This is what's in your heart. Um, because this is my perception, right. realizing mm-hmm. that you don't give people that authority over you. The only mm-hmm. person you give that kind of authority over is the Holy Spirit, right. not Amen. any other person. That's and right. then, um, and there are certain degrees where you can allow people to speak into your life, but sure. you need to be very careful about who you allow to have that authority. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. I had to learn yeah. the hard way. I had to learn this out on the field during ministry time. Right. Mm-hmm. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> and, and I would say that, that, that's very true in all kinds of relationships. If you're a person who is intuiting what you perceive to be other people's motives and you mm. are um, accusing them or criticizing them or judging them based on what you perceive to be their motives, but there's not anything necessarily wrong with what they're saying, what they're doing, uh, that's your problem. That, yeah. <laughs> and and when, when you go to them and you talk to them and you're having to tell them what their motives are and you won't listen to them when they say, no, that's not been in my heart at all. And you're like, no, I know that's exactly mm, what, what you're you thinking. Well, that's exactly you're actually projecting onto them your own flesh. Uh, mm. And that's very destructive in mm. any kind of relationship. Yeah. So then on the other side of that, being being willing to hear people out without giving that undue authority over your heart. We really can't we we can't please everybody. No. So the Bible says so far as it depends on you, be at peace. Right. Right. You know, I'm sure there's been times where you have had to go through the same thing where you know, I can't change these people's mindsets about me, but I'm not going to let it stop me either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I don't know why, but this verse just came to my mind and, uh, and the multitude of counselors, their safety, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes, and I know that, that sounds like, what, cause what we're talking about here, like I'm not seeking out counselors, but when someone sets themselves up as I'm coming to you, you know, mm. to correct you. Again, there's a place for that, but you got to be really careful. But when you're when you're seeking out 
you know, when it's, you, you know, you already, you're hearing from the Lord and you're seeking out maybe some confirmation and stuff, um, that that's, that's important, uh, that there is some safety in that, mm-hmm. especially if they're, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit and communicating that, but, um, being really careful in that whole arena of, mm-hmm other people's opinions and ideas and their judgments of your motives um that uh that boundary is is good and safe and and allowable there for sure <laughs> well i know um even after you know getting getting ready to go you're you're several maybe just a few months away from actually pulling the trigger to mm-hmm. go to Bulgaria, mm-hmm. you've still got no connections. <laughs> that was yes. interesting to yes. watch. Like right up to the very, very end. I mean, we yeah. were very eagerly, even your mom and I, we were all very eagerly with you pursuing yeah. legit contacts. And yeah. every, Asking, time, mm-hmm. every time you yeah. pursued these contacts, it turned out to be a dead end. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How did God use that in your in your life? Yeah. Um, well, and a, one tiny, neat little element was that when I first heard those words going way back to the beginning, I was like, okay. And I immediately started praying for contacts and there was nothing for two years. Absolutely nothing. When you first heard Bulgaria when I first, first heard that mm-hmm. word, I was like, okay, I, I know I need to talk to people in Bulgaria. Who, who's in Bulgaria? Yeah. Right? And so for two years, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within a span of three months, uh, just sh- going to conferences, sharing with people. Um, after that two year point, just when I was about to give up faith, God gave me like three contacts within three months, none of whom, uh, anything Didn't turned out. Yeah. yeah nothing nothing really that. turned out. Um, and so what, uh, bringing up to speed where you're at, what you're talking about though, I was completing my final mission training school. Mm-hmm. And I was pulling my hair out because in during times of worship, I was seeing pictures of green lights, like God was speaking to me in my sleep and like through <laughs> dreams and through worship, just like, you need to go to Bulgaria. You need to go. You need to go. And I'm like, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. Yes. And I'm just getting super pumped and excited. And I'm like, but I don't know anybody over there. <laughs> like, There's just nothing. And I was like. And so I was, I was, I was sort of freaking out and I was talking to mom and dad and they said, well, why don't you try contacting this one, um, European, uh, grassroots sort of evangelization ministry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So I sent a few emails out, forgot about it. Well, um, the next morning after that conversation with y'all, I was having a quiet time in Matthew 10 verse 11 specifically. And it says, whenever you enter a city, Find in it who is worthy and stay at his house. God said, stop, read it again. <laughs> so I read it again. God said, okay, now read it again. I read it uh, I read it three times. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And God said, are you supposed to find the person of peace before or after you enter the city? And I said, after. And God said, so if I'm telling you to go, will you trust me to provide relationships? Even if you don't know anything, you could be in the airport. Will you still trust me to provide relationships and the right people for you? Mm. And that was a really hard thing for me to give up because beforehand I would have said yes in my mind, but no in my heart. But this mm-hmm. was where God was dealing with, with that in heart. me. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, Okay, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. I will go. I'm committed. And the next, the next morning, all the people I had emailed (laughs) 
replied back. And the day after that, there was one lady who said, I'm sorry for getting back to you so late two days. That's not late. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said, I'm so sorry. We've been ministering among the gypsies all day today. There's so much work that needs to be done. And we've actually been praying for a long time that God would send someone just like you. When I read that, the hair <laughs> on my arm literally stood on end. And I just was like, It was just amazing. After four years of nothing, this was the connection that uh, I was needing. But God couldn't release that to me until until I surrendered Mm -hmm. and was willing to go over there alone, like Paul did, not knowing anybody. Right. Yeah. So it was a bit of a surrender for dad and I, too, because we're like, wow, like. Okay, God, I know you'll take care of him. He's a grown man. Right. And he and and you called him and you're gonna provide, but just on our end too, as parents and loving you and wanting the best for you, watching like, whoa. But are we gonna let our a, son go halfway across the world not knowing the language, not knowing anybody? anybody. We know how challenging that is. Right. Um and so, you know, we God was bringing all of us into <laughs> this place of absolute surrender, surrender and faith. And faith, mm-hmm. yes. And uh it's funny how often the uh, extra direction and things like that come on the other side of that place of will am I enough? Just me. Am I enough? Will mm, you trust yeah. just me, me to be enough for you? Mm-hmm. Because getting our hearts to that place is so important. Otherwise, we start depending on people. Even if God wants to bring us in connection with people, which he did, mm-hmm. um, if we're not careful, we end up looking to people in ways that we need to look only to God. So mm-hmm. it's really important. Right. I have another scripture coming to mind. It's neat. I've been reading in Exodus and about um, the setup of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting and the uh, altar and all that stuff. And it, it just hit me when he's kind of describing about the altar. And he says, anything that touches the altar will be holy. Mm-hmm. And that just it's jumped out. It's first. got exactly that totally jumped out to me of that sacrifice yeah. and that surrender and anything in that wow. is counted as holy. And, um, and, I, and he, he takes us through that process yeah. over and yes. over and over. Yes. But that, you know, that was an altar yeah. of, you know, and, and, and you surrendered. And and sacrificed, and he met you there. It's like it, 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 what you offered is is holy. How many times God yeah. brings us to the place of having to surrender the business that He gave us again, or sur- re-surrender our marriage, or re-surrender mm-hmm. our children to Him? Mm-hmm. Uh, look at Abraham. God gave him a child, child, but then that child had to touch the altar yeah. again. Mm-hmm. You know and. Uh, here, here Simeon is, you know, we've raised him, but we have to surrender, surrender him, him to say mm-hmm. he doesn't belong to us, That's God, right. you know, Simeon having to say, well, my future doesn't belong to me. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, good lesson. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you eventually get there, but I'm yes. sure along the way, um, God doesn't just want you going somewhere. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. a vacation. He's yeah. developing your vision. He's fulfilling that. How did God work in, in that area? What did, what happened to get you, you know, to fulfill your, to develop your vision? And then once you got there, how did you see God at work in, uh, in bringing yeah. you to Bulgaria? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the biggest way I saw God at work bringing me to Bulgaria was, um, really just exposing me to the need for just um, real life discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of the biggest things that I saw there. Um, 
just the Bulgarian culture and society, they're, they're very secular and they've had enough of religion. They have mm. one of the oldest state religions um, in the world. I mean, ancient Greek Orthodox. Yes. Um, and so they, they're tired of Christianity. They want uh, Christianity. Churchianity. In the sense of, yeah, Christianity, religion. <laughs> sure, religion. They, mm-hmm. they, they really want discipleship, though. Mm-hmm. They want um, a real relationship. Yeah. And it was interesting because in my final mission s- school before going to Bulgaria, um, <clears throat> there was, I think it was about week seven uh, during that school where we had a speaker come in and talk to us about discipleship and how to make disciples who make disciples to cause uh, a discipleship movements across the world. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, the entire week. Every time he spoke, it was like something came alive in me. This was a guy who had lived it and had practiced it on the field for over 20 years in, mm. in Afghanistan, like mm. in a really hostile mm-hmm. um, area that you'd think that would never work. Sure. Um, and so I just found everything that he was saying was really coming alive in me. And so um, at the end of that school, we had to write a 30, I wrote a 30 page plan of what <clears throat> I felt like God wanted me to do over in Bulgaria. Um, and when I got over there, I found that I didn't even get through phase pages. one, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know um, because there's just a lot of real life that happens. I found out there. that the discipleship process that was birthed in me during that time was really nurtured and developed when I, the, the few months I sort of stayed here with you guys before sure. I, as a launch pad, before I uh, went out, I read some books and things like that. But when you, when I really started walking it out in Bulgaria, I found out it's discipleship is just life and it's not mm-hmm. a clean cut plan. It's not a 30 page that's going to be divided equally over, you know, two and a half weeks per phase, you it know, can be kind of messy. It's very messy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things that I saw was the need for discipleship, the realization that my role as a missionary, it really is not to build my ministry over there mm-hmm. or create any kind of codependence, but for them to understand the gospel and to really sow seeds and cast the vision because there are strong enough believers in almost any and every spot on the planet now that once they have the vision of discipleship, they can carry it so much further, further. than you sure. can. And it's never more starkly clear than in a foreign context where you don't know the language, you <laughs> hardly understand what they're doing or saying, but they do, well, and they have the gospel. You know, and it's interesting. It's like God downloaded this vision into you right. and kind of used you almost like an epistle carrier. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you, mm-hmm. you weren't going there to take over the church. Mm-hmm. You weren't going there to set up, some sort set up of a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. You were there for, what, three months? I was there for three months. Three yes. months. Mm-hmm. And you were able to meet some key people and impart this vision yeah. to them along with some of the practicals. Um, but while you're there, why don't you share with us at least maybe one cool story of, um, you know, maybe how somebody came to Christ oh or maybe a Just miracle one? story. I know there's, <laughs> there's tons because yeah. you imparted not only the discipleship vision, but the identity and power vision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe share with us because we only got a couple of minutes left um, okay. and share with us uh, something significant that happened and, and then we'll wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think in terms of healing, this is like a 30 second testimony, but in terms of healing, um, my friend and I were walking through the neighborhood one day and we find this man. Uh, we were told that this man had a lot of stomach issues, couldn't eat very well, mm-hmm. couldn't eat anything. All he could do was drink uh, alcohol and smoke cigarettes, mm. which is weird. He can't yeah. eat, but he can do those. That things. was not a doctor's prescription. That was his own determination, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, he was he was so sick. So um, my friend and I went 
and prayed for him. And then the next day, my friend <laughs> sees him with a bag full of groceries and he mm. asks him what, what happened? He said, well, after y'all prayed, I ate and I didn't throw, throw it up. back up. Mm -hmm. So he said, I'm, I'm healed. I can eat anything now. So that was like one of the coolest, like healing miracles that happened sure. over there. Uh -huh. Um, but I think the most impactful story was really that of, um, my landlord getting yeah. saved. Mm -hmm. uh, we had done some ministry in the neighborhood and it turns out the person that I was staying with, um, he is the local gypsy mafia boss. So this is the landlord. This is my landlord who is the local gypsy mafia boss. Everyone's sort of scared of him. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, he all calls sorts the of, shots. Yeah, in the neighborhood. yeah, he calls yeah. the shots, and I, I had to be very careful. Mm -hmm. um, but um, he was very open to prayer, and mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. one afternoon, um, when I had a friend of mine that could speak English, we went to his house and asked if we could pray for him for anything, and we prayed for a buddy of his, and he got healed, experienced oh, wow. some healing. And so mm -hmm. we said, "What do you want prayer for?" I'm mm -hmm. thinking healing. He said he shocked us all. He said, "Simeon, I've um, I've been a wicked man. I've done wicked things all mm -hmm. of my life. I'm tired." And I just want to, uh, I want to change my life. Wow. And we were just blown away. So we prayed for him to experience the love of God in both him and his, and his second, mm -hmm. um, the buddy who his got right healed. Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're just crying. And, mm -hmm. and then we, I briefly explained the gospel to him and said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And he said, yes. Praise so the Lord. we prayed with him and just the presence of the Lord filled the room. Mm -hmm. He kept saying over and over and over through my friend who was translating, I feel so much joy. I've never felt this joy in such a long yeah. time. Mm -hmm. I feel so happy. And the funny thing was this, they celebrated it by getting drunk and confessing their <laughs> sins to my friend to the point where he is like, I don't want to know no, anymore. But, um, yeah, but, but the sad, the one if element. You decide this isn't what you want to stay with. Yeah. Now I know everything. everything. Yeah. And the sad thing was, and the, I really was an epistle carrier because we were able to put Bibles into their hands, but, the sad thing was, is that my friend did not see the need for discipleship like I did. Sure. And so within a couple of weeks, you could see my landlord wanted to talk to me, but because of the, the cultural language and language barrier, I couldn't disciple do? him mm -hmm. and my friend was too busy to. And mm. so I, after a couple of weeks, I just saw he sort of just went back to life as normal. And that was one of the saddest things. Yeah. The miracle of salvation was undeniable. Sure. But just when you see salvation apart from discipleship, it really is it sad. It really is a tragedy. It's like an yeah. infant abandoned. Yeah. It, it yeah. really is. So, yeah. I mean, all you can do is pray. God, God's a good father and he'll, he'll circle back around. But yeah, yeah that, that need for, for discipleship. And I think yeah. that's a good lesson too for people like, how busy are you? Yeah. If you're too yeah. busy, if you don't have enough margin in your life, you're too busy to pick up on, the, uh, you know, picking up for the care and discipleship of a young believer, yeah. um, then you may need to reprioritize. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I, I remember your frustration and we were praying and it was frustrating for us as well mm -hmm. because he had, uh, your friend had just a very limited vision. He saw mm -hmm. himself as, as a youth minister mm -hmm. and it's okay to mm -hmm. know what you perceive your callings to be, but 
we're commanded to make, make disciples. disciples. Yeah. Not to have youth groups. If you or lead somebody to Christ, yeah. you need to take responsibility for discipling them. So, yeah. yeah, maybe your calling is the youth. Maybe what he could have done is not give up his calling to the youth, but bring bring a youth the, along. Bring this mafia boss, who's yeah. a new brother in the Lord, along with him, because I'm sure he would have benefited from the same yeah. lessons Teachings. that he wanted mm-hmm. to give to the youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, we're creating either or scenarios and it should be a both and we're all busy but if we're too busy to obey god and to invest our lives in the things of the kingdom that's part of what what snuffs out that seed you know the Mm -hmm. seed is to multiply but the worries and cares of so many things Mm -hmm. is what chokes it out Mm -hmm. from multiplying Mm -hmm. so maybe it's planted in your heart but the question is is it multiplying and being too preoccupied with the things of this world is part of what uh, keeps us from doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, Simeon, thank you so much for yes. sharing a part of your story. I know we've talked a lot. Uh, kind of hit the Maybe highlights. we'll have a chance to get you on again because I know even after Bulgaria, um, you had opportunities to start a discipleship process mm-hmm. um, since then, since being back in the United States. Which Stateside. Is, yeah, yeah, which is exciting. Yeah. Discipleship isn't just for overseas. Mm, it's, it's, for, everywhere. it's for believers, yeah. wherever you're at. You're wherever yeah. you and, um, right. But uh, we appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. Yeah. And, Thank uh, you. We appreciate you guys taking time to be with us on the Sons and Daughters podcast. Uh, we encourage you to share this with other people, to rate it on iTunes if you have a chance to get over there, um, because that helps kind of boost us in the rankings so that other people can find it through that and their subsidiaries. And again, we have the Sons and Daughters Face uh, Sons and Daughters podcast group that you can participate in to carry on the, the discussion, discussion and the fellowship there. Mm-hmm. There's additional resources, additional discussion that takes place. Um, and uh, be sure that you find us and subscribe wherever you're at uh, so that you can uh, not miss an episode. So, brothers and sisters, God bless you. Uh, continue just to walk in the fullness of Jesus Christ and impact the world around you.